You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey, Rifters, welcome to another season of Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and the Nightwing to my Batman, Victor Pacheco. But back to Keith Razor. Anyways. <laughs> what the actual autistic fuck? <laughs> that's the new that's the new Razor Riffs sound logo, folks. Since we're no longer in studio at LA Talk Radio, I had to update the song. Uh, Victor, how are you? <laughs> that was the shittiest song, Keith. That was a great song. What are you talking about? I wrote it and I sung it like an opera man. Dude, well, you should have sang it. You should have sang it like a soprano. Um, I'm just messing with you. I don't know anything about. No, do do the Sopranos sing because I've never I've never Uh, seen an episode of the Sopranos. Well, the Sopranos never sang the Sopranos. That was just their last name. But I've never met an Italian with a last name Soprano, so who who knows, you know, or anybody so, with that last name. So the Sopranos name. didn't have like a theme song, like Sopranos here gonna. Fucking no, dude, it was like woke up this morning, got yourself a gun. I know the rest of the song, but it's like it's just I don't I don't know what he's saying, but like something about getting a gun. Oh, and that whole show's about that's a very great message to to show the folks at home. Let's get a gun. Oh, no, that's gotta be your new intro song. Get a gun and listen to Razor Riffs before you do something stupid or while you're doing something stupid. This intro is either gonna get us both canceled or it's genius. That's like when somebody has a really shitty set and they're like, wow, that was some really great poetry you just did up there. I'm just oh, like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. That is fucking funny. But also very disrespectful to poets because, dude, it's people are like, it's hard for comics. Dude, poets go up there without any punchline. Knowing they don't have any punchlines. I think that's harder. I once, uh, I once uh, did an open mic at a poetry thing, right? We all have, and, yes. And, and uh, <laughs> Like they take their poetry so serious because everyone in the crowd like snaps, you know, and they think they come up with like genius stuff. And then I'm like, all right, it's my turn. And they're like, all right, please welcome your next poet, Keith Reza. <laughs> and I just go up to him and be like, so yesterday I told jokes at a funeral. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and you the guy even... died. <laughs> And and uh, he hired me to tell jokes at his funeral. Yeah, just like that. Everyone's like not snapping. I was like, dude, this is way better than that guy's shit. Dude, that is so funny. You're lucky that guy didn't try to whoop your ass afterwards, dude. That poet just tried to. Well, he was the guy who hired me at the funeral. Oh, (laughs) great twist. All right, raise the wrist, fans. We got some dates. At the end of July, I will be at the Laugh Factory in Las Vegas with Paul Rodriguez. Uh, the date is July 20th through the 23rd. Be there. And be there. Be square. 
Or, or B-squared. Or B-squared. <laughs> that's all I got so far. And then also, don't forget to join the Cameo Sensation, guys. We need your help. You you book Christy Swanson on the Cameo and tell her to do Razor Rips. <laughs> we get like 20 Cameos. She has to do it. And guys, our guest of the show tonight is here. He's a writer for Last Man Standing. He's a writer for that 90s show. Are you ready to meet him, Victor Pacheco? Absolutely. We are ready to meet the great King Hassan, guys. I'm letting him in the Zoom. Oh, man, this is going to be fun. I got a great story to tell you about King, Victor. Awesome. Can't wait to hear it. Oh, oh hey, God. King. Oh. <laughs> How are you? I was scared of this story. I can tell you that much. Oh, hey, buddy. How are you? <laughs> We just gave you a sweet-ass intro. I can't wait for you to hear it when it comes out. Oh, boy. Yeah, you're going to be like, dude, this is the best podcast I got forced to do. <laughs> no, believe me. I am here on my own recognizance. I'm, I'm very oh. happy to be uh, to be doing this podcast with you guys. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, King, this, this is the trusty sidekick, Victor Pacheco. Hey, how you doing? Hey, man? Victor. Good to meet you, King. How you doing? Good, good, good. good. I was so, Facebook stalking you, and I saw you were at the San Jose Improv, and it was like, cool. This guy's cool. Oh, yeah. I like, <laughs> I, I like that picture, except I'm always scared up there that I'm going to fall or I'm going to break the balcony. Oh, I love San Jose. Is my favorite. It's one of my favorite clubs. People he, are scared to perform He used there, to though. work at the San Jose before yeah. he was a comedian. He was a, yeah. a, a bartender or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, working in security there. I was the second person they hired there in 2002 when they opened the place. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just made my way up to server, and then, uh, then, I mean, I was only on stage like twice, well, like the six years I worked there. Yeah, didn't you yeah, tell me? A... Didn't you tell me that you you first went on stage because like uh, Tommy Davidson or someone was showing up no. late and they called Mark, you? Mark Curry. So Mark Curry's Mark Curry, from right, the Bay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he would always like fly up to Oakland. He, he should just fly to San Jose, but he has people in Oakland, so he would fly up to Oakland and then drive. The 50 minutes from Oakland to San Jose to do a spot, but I guess he just ran into traffic. And we were, uh, my manager, GM, comes and is like, Hey, the opener's out of material, the uh, middle's out of material. Does anyone in the staff want to go up there and, and do comedy? And I was a sold out show. And I was like, No. Holy Lord, that's a. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, No, absolutely not. And <laughs> The bus boy, the bus boy was like, yeah, I'll do it. And he goes up there and he bombs. He like bombs so hard. And I was just like, oh, I can do Don't that. tell people that I bombed. Come on. <laughs> but, when he, but when I saw him go up there and just like, just be who he wanted to be on stage, I was like, oh, I thought you wanted me to go up there and entertain them with like stuff that I had like cut over like years and years of practice. I can go up there and like say words. And so that was my first time ever getting on stage. And I, uh, and I also bombed, uh, just yeah. in case people remember. but. And then so did Mark Curry, but only because he was hanging no. out with Mr. Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, so King, my fascinating story about you, which I think Victor is gonna love. So, uh, you and I did Oxnard with uh, Pablo Francisco. Yep, yep. 
and we're selling merch. You're selling your your sweet ass shirts, and I'm selling my sweet ass thank you cards. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was a genius idea. But anyways, so did you say thank you who, cards? Yeah, thank you car- you're I, selling thank you cards. Okay, sorry. yeah. Just want to make it's sure we're understanding this. Okay, honestly, I'm loving it. It's loving it. It's loving brilliant. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, sorry, I'll, I'll explain the thank you cards after the story, but you have to hear the story. So. <laughs> Uh, one of, one of the rifters, we call our listeners the rifters. Okay. Uh, he came to the show and he's like, talking to me, like, you know, he's like, Oh my God, you're Keith Reza. I was like, Oh, I know. He's like, I'm a huge fan. I was like, Oh, thanks, man. And he's like, I love your podcast. I was like, Yeah, we're going to have King Hassan on right in front of me. Like, I forced the podcast on. <laughs> <laughs> So I oh, couldn't no. say no. I couldn't pitch it to him. I was just like, he's gonna do it. <laughs> and look, here I am. Look at that. <laughs> Full circle. Look at you manifesting things. I love it. Yeah. But has anyone ever like forced something on you where you're like, where you have no say? You're like, uh if I say yeah. no, I'm a dick. But if I say yes, I have no standards. So I don't I know. Can't- I can't tell you how many relationships I've been in based on that sole premise. I, uh, <laughs> so yes, yes, and 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 in that show, yes. Oh well, I'm really glad you're doing it because it's good to see you smile, buddy. So thank yeah. you so much. It's a, uh, it's um, I mean, uh, you know, like I've been, I've been picketing for the past week, and so uh, just to not be in that space has, has been good. Yeah. Now. I don't want to talk about the writer strike because I know it's very emotional for you. But when you pick it, do you have like a pitchfork and a flame thing, or like how are you? Like what are you doing? It's week one. Uh huh. At week twenty, yeah, probably. All right, yeah. cool. Because <laughs> that's when I want to pick it with you. I want to forklift okay, yes. and be like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, there's not too many more weeks of this, but uh, yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, man. All right, so Victor, the point of the thank you cards was I ran out merch. <laughs> so I went to the Dollar Tree and I bought a whole pack of thank you cards. On each thank you card, I wrote like a little joke on it. Like it's a uh, brilliant, to be honest with you. Yeah. Have, have you ever sold drugs before? Uh, I didn't know it was drugs, but yeah. That's not drugs, Keith. Like, if a cop would have pulled you over with your thank you cards, you wouldn't have gone to jail for it or had to have gone. No, I, I just thought it was sugar I bought from Ralph's. I don't know. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. See, never give I, up I'm name. such a bad drug dealer. I would go to Ralph's, buy a whole bunch of like uh, powdered sugar, put it in little packets, and be like, all right, I want $100 for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you get arrested for that, man, because you're actually selling fake drugs at that point. You're a fake yeah. drug dealer. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Doesn't have any of that. I think that's also a felony. That's also a felony. All of the above. Don't do anything. Yeah. Or at least don't talk about it on a fucking podcast. <laughs> I was trying to make a down or upside down. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's trying to make uppers. There you have it. Exactly. Drugs. <laughs> now, King, uh, so I wanted to ask you, is this true before you, you, you joined the, the comedy world and the writing world? Oh, were, boy. Oh, were... hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Because I don't, I, I think I know what you're going to say, and I'm not quite sure I want people to know that part yet. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well, so, all right. Wait, hold up a second. Jesus. <laughs> no, no. We got there's no edits on this either. There's, no, there's no edits. No, but you exactly. see how he that? He just caught yeah. that. Yeah. Like, no, dude, no. No, you're not doing that. You're not no, doing that, dude. We're not going to do detective. it. I'm a detective. I'm a detective. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say your royalty. Yeah. <laughs> I, That's a, that. Honestly, my name has been the hardest. Obviously, I, and I talk about this on stage because I was a, I was a very overweight kid, and so and like my and I'm gonna burn this joke here on the podcast. But kids too. used to call me kids used to call me Burger King. That was like I like I grew up my entire like adolescence with that, and so I ended up going by my middle name for most of my life, but, which is uh, Burger. No, yeah, exactly. Don't be such a dick. Don't be a dick. King's Borg is hard out here. I'm trying not to make any fat jokes. Yeah. Here, over here making a dick. The king about his. I wasn't being a dick. I was just saying. Yeah. You know? Oh my god! Why did you go with? I thought you were Middle Eastern. Anyway, anyway, I don't know. That's where I was yeah. going with that. I was just like, dude. I was like, cool. Hell yeah, man. Fucking. I'd love to do the podcast also because I'd love to ask a lot of questions about writing and like, you know, you're charming as fuck and that's awesome. So I oh, thanks, man. yeah, man. And so I, I don't know. It was just like, I have four questions. So I'm going to like, let's just say I get my mic cut off. I want to ask the most important one first. Um, okay. How do more black and brown writers break through and what has been a predominantly white industry? Like, like writing. Oh, like, how do we do it? I, I think what? that. Go ahead. I was gonna say you answer, and then I'll answer for as. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that like, I, because I, the opportunities are slowly starting to come in a little, a, a little more, and I think it really is just being prepared and banding together and not being competitive. Uh, with each other and so the the old adage and and it's like this with stage time too you know like people try to hoard stage time they try to hoard opportunities and like to keep it from themselves and they think that you I can't write your story I can't tell your jokes better than you so if somebody is asking or giving you an opportunity that opportunity is just meant for you like that opportunity is for you and you don't need to feel like you're in competition because I remember when I first got into this industry there was like this competitive spirit that like I felt was a little unnecessary right. and so yeah and so um I think so, uh, let me just tell you my story like how I got into the industry so I feel like everyone gets into the, into the industry a little uh, more unconventional than the last but uh in 2019 I wrote 12 original pilots and I wrote two spec scripts. Holy yeah. shit. And, yeah. That's amazing. And That's a so, lot of writing. Right. But, but and that's like when, when I did get my opportunity, it was as easy for me to get an opportunity and do nothing with it. But I think it's because I was so prepared to like for my opportunity that when I, that when I got it, like it was like, this is, this is who this person is. And like, right. we can't take, we can't take it away from him because like he's, 
Like if if he didn't like you know like I'm in I'm in the room with people who went to Princeton and Yale and with the people who like did uh, who were writers assistants for ten years like you know what I mean and here I am like in 2019 I decided I want to be a writer and then in 2020 I was a writer. So, yeah, you like, jump through all the bullshit positions. Exactly, and wow. so the, you know there's so much of like there's so much of feeling like I didn't earn my spot, you know. But if you earned that when, fucking spot. You exactly, can't fake, you can't fake that. Ex- you can't exactly. fake it. Unless you had chat, <laughs> chat GPT like, yeah. before it came out and you're just a maverick amongst maverick. You're using a computer. Yeah. You're, you're, right. you're, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Obviously, it's like 20 pilots yeah. in one year. Some people don't even do that in their whole 12. lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> or, you, yeah. or 12, 12 to me. Yeah, 12 I mean, still, yeah. don't make him sound too impressive, Victor. <laughs> okay, yeah. dude, that, that's but. a pilot a month. And like, yeah. and I don't know how that breaks down because that could be like, uh, how does that break down? Was it uh, was it like one pilot a month or was it like uh, on, you, you did two in one month, you took a month off, you did two, you took a month off? Yeah. Or, like, so took- or, or, or does it just come to you naturally? Or I, I don't know. I don't mean to like step all over the question. I just. Yeah, I'm no. Excited. So like in January, in January, I wrote, a, I wrote a pilot and like, I felt really good about it. And then in February and, and I remember like towards the end of January thinking like, this is my masterpiece. This is going to be the, what breaks me into the industry. And uh, I'll never have an idea better than this. And yeah. then, like, like, and I finish it like around January twenty sixth, and then January twenty seventh is like, oh, you know what'd be a good idea? And then I started writing that, and then, yeah. and then, like mid February, I finished that one, and then I was like, you know what would be a good idea? And like, and by March, I was like, <laughs> awesome. by the end of March, by the end of March, I was like, oh, I've done. It's March, and I have three scripts. Let's keep this going. And so then it became like a discipline. And my right. son was born in July, so I took like kind of like the end of July off. Uh, and then I got right back into it uh, in August. And so, are so these all I, like different genres, or is it is it all comedy? Is it, was the first one comedy? That was I didn't want to interrupt your story because it was such a good. Yeah, you're so you're such a like I don't know. It's just very very vivid and uh, <laughs> with, with your answer. I'm like wait wait don't jump in yet. Like, we're playing double dutch, and I'm trying to jump in at the right spot. So it's just like uh, was your first script a comedy script? And or well, was so, it television or was it a film or what yeah so was it. I uh, I think that I th- what I know about this industry, what I knew about this industry going in was that they're really into branding. Right. And so um, as a stand-up comic, it almost made sense to only do comedies. And so like, you know, like if I, and, and like I have like a lot of serious things that I would love to write. And I think that at the end of the day, my, my career might lean more serious, but until I get like a special, like a comedic, because nobody wants to see, ah, uh, this uh, this writer, uh, I mean, this coming up the stage. He was uh, he wrote for Sexual Assaults Unit. Like, you know, like nobody wants to hear that. So as long as I'm, I want to hear as, that. <laughs> as long as I'm going on stage and using my writing credits, I think it's like important for me to stay like comedically writing, just so yeah. like to keep everybody um, on the same note. So the question I had for you is because. Uh, I mean, I'm not a good writer like you, but I've written a couple Maybe. scripts, but I've, I haven't written 12 and I've been doing it for, I don't know, 14 years. I've only written like three. So I'm, I really am very impressed by that. So when you, you pronounce, you pronounce both T's in written. Yeah. <laughs> if you, is okay. that how you're supposed to do it? If you, if, you knew, if you knew Keith's real name, you'd be like, that is the whitest yeah. name I've ever known. 
Well, no, we we can't talk about the real name on. Oh, the sorry, podcast. sorry, r- 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 yeah. r- sorry. What we'll have to do? Uh, 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 it's kind of like how King can't talk about. Uh uh-huh. yep, 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 I can't yep, talk yep. about my. I got I got people looking at. That's not the point. Vic. The point is this. Right. How am so, I the only one here with the real name? Yeah, I'm the only so, one here with the biggest name. I stand out in the crowd. It's like Mexican stop making fun over. of Burger. God, Jeez. dude, don't call him Burger, asshole. You grow up with it. Very ashamed of that. Honest, Come on. Man. Get the fuck out of here, dude. That, uh, for King now, so okay. King, my question Sorry. is this. Because like when I write, I, I mean I, I get I get multiple ideas too, but like I feel like I, I I'm not disciplined to write them all. I feel like I have to finish an idea. So like with you, when you were writing, did you think, okay, this idea is perfect? Because I'm always like, ah, this idea could get better, and I rewrite it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they they say that writing is rewriting. Um, and so for me, personally, I... It's easy for me to write because the characters that I that I create are real people. Right. Like, and so I, re- I pretty much just have... I put my real people, the real people, uh, like uh, the coworkers that I have or friends that I make, and I put them in... A, a funny situation, you know, where, you know, they're, they find out that they're brothers or, you know, like some random thing. And it really is, okay, how does this person, what would this person actually say and do in this situation? And these characters just live in my head. And sometimes like there's no scene there. Yeah. There's no scene there. And I'll just wait for them to do whatever they need to do in that scene. And when they've done it, then I'm pretty much just transcribing what what these characters are doing. And if I don't get it on paper, these people live in my head in these situations, in these fake world, like in, in the rules that I've given them to, to play out. So it's like, I have to put it down on paper to get them out of my head. And right. as soon as I get them out, then I can move on to the next idea. But like they consume me until I get it down on paper. Yeah. Hey, King, I don't I don't mean to break your heart, but it sounds to me you have Asperger's as well. <laughs> uh, at some point don't we all kind of yeah like, yes, I'm thinking, don't be a dick dude Come i'm on. thinking i am exactly <laughs> like that hold on <laughs> how long have we been on 10 minutes because keep diagnosed me within the first two minutes of meeting in the yeah. green room at the San Jose Improv, yeah. where me and Keith have been dear friends since, but like I've seen, I, it was the funniest fucking thing I've never seen. I've never, Keith was like one of the most direct, blunt people I've ever met in my life, and I'm like, "Are you doing a character right now?" He's really, yeah. not. he's really not. He's really just no. That's why we call it a spectrum. Like, <laughs> we're all we're all on it. King, has Dude. anyone ever like? you know, going to the stand up. Has anyone ever come up to you after a show and been like, uh, uh, you're, you're not funny. And then like, how do you, cause like someone did that to me after a show at Irvine this weekend. And he's like, Hey man, you're not funny. And I was just so polite. I was like, Oh, thank you. He's like, yeah, you gotta be funny. And I was like, yeah, thank you. He's like, yeah, to be a comedian, you have to be funny. I was like, why? Thank you. Like, that's how I was doing it. And the guy just wasn't getting it that I was just like literally repeating everything he was saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I find that funny. (laughs) So I'm, I'm, I'm 6'3", 225 pounds. And no, so people, say, yeah, people, yeah, people strapping. try not to insult me uh, uh, to my face. Uh, right. But thank I, you. Do you remember yeah. someone insulting me in front of, with you to your face? 
Hey, I know. Oh, wait, wait, hold on, Victor. No, no. Well, okay. this, this actually happened with King. Someone <laughs> insulted me in front of King. Like I don't, again, I don't think it was like an insult. And uh and I don't even I remember do what he said, drunk. but I, I, I was like either. you gave me the look like it happened in front of me too. I was like, wait, what yeah. happened? <laughs> oh dude, so King was just G checking you without even saying a word. That's cool. I like that. No, 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 no. 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 Like I saw that too. No, 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 it was that look. Like I was there, dude. Is this really <laughs> it happened? I was there. What? No, because we because it, it we, we had like a long conversation because he said something that if you squinted at it. It was a little inappropriate, but I don't know if that was his intent behind saying it. You know what I mean? It was like one of those lost in translation things, and he was intoxicated. So, like, Keith, it, it's, Keith what did he say to King? What did he say I about King? I, I swear to God, I honestly don't remember. But and what did he say yeah, about I, Pablo? Like, Jesus Christ. You I, know I what remember I mean? the story because King gave me a wink on the Zoom. Like, when I was telling my old story, King's like, <laughs> <laughs> I think so this is what happened so I uh I when I first started doing comedy my comedy was all charisma like my jokes weren't really strong and I know I, I knew going into doing stand-up that I was likable to strangers people people rooted for me without without knowing you know I have like I have like clumsy that boy energy like I like I like you know what I mean people are always like rooting for me like I've always been able to tap into that like as a kid right and so I was at the ice house this was like like five years five six years ago I was at the ice house and um oh it was exactly four years ago and my son my son my son was about to be born and I was walking on stage and I had a panic attack I was having I was having a panic attack and I had only had two before in my entire life and my hand started to shake as the host was bringing me on the stage. Mm. And I remember thinking in that moment, I was like, if I can land my first joke, I can pull myself out of this. Like, you know, like it's coming and like, I'm like trying to breathe through it, but I just need them to laugh. And I know that they'll, that will be my, my lifesaver and I can pull myself out of this. And right. of course, uh, of course, if all my jokes are like, are like charisma based, then uh, and I don't have it in that moment. My joke didn't land, and I just think I did my 15 minute set in about two minutes. The oh, host wow. had left the room, like you know, and then I'm just standing there in front of the crowd, and like somebody runs out to go get the host. Like I think I think he's finished, and he comes on stage and he like takes the mic for me, and I and I, I like I've so I've sweated through my entire shirt, like right. you could wring out my shirt, and I go sit in my car and I just sob like i like uh, like <laughs> like i was ugly crying like i could not get uh, like get through it and by this point i had made like i was a comedian i was in la to be a comedian my um, like i said bye to my family hey losers like i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna make it in Hollywood. <laughs> and so so like after like i like drove home and when i got home i was just like that can never happen to me again ever right. ever and so I rewrote my entire set. I rewrote my entire set in the voice of Anthony Jeselnik. And it was as dry, it was the, like as dry delivery because I, I was like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a comedy writer. Like I can write jokes. Right. Like I don't need to like, re like rely on my, my charisma. Like I just want, I, no matter how the joke is delivered, I want the joke to be funny. Right. And so 
And so like I, I changed my, my, my cadence, I changed everything uh, like about my delivery. And it was like, no matter if I'm in a good mood, a bad mood, no matter what's going on at home or going on with family or whatever like that, like the joke is funny. It's just undeniable. I don't have to rely on timing and it like changed everything for me. And so just recently, like I've, I've probably been using that style for four years now. And just recently I've started to like come out of that cadence like, you know, and start infusing it, like, with, with who I am as a person. Yeah. And like, I've just, like, the growth of comedy for me has been, like, a journey that I've, I've fallen in love with. And so I've, I've bombed. Everyone's had bad sets. And when people come up to me, like, I love bombing because it gives me a way to, like, kind of tweak now. Like, yeah. like I, yeah, it's, it's, it's Dave Chappelle bombs. Like, why shouldn't I? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, people go on set. <laughs> perfect set every time do, do you ever get off on bo bombing because sometimes i actually really enjoy it like I've, I, I've i seen it it's really it takes a mile it oh takes a while oh. if, like yeah if i if i bomb towards the end no i do not love it but if i bomb in the in the beginning and i'm trying to get people back <laughs> and then i realize i still have 15 minutes and i'm not going to get them back then yeah then i'll start yeah. to like it <laughs> well, try try doing it for an hour, pal. I mean, it, oh. it's the funniest oh. thing to me. Oh my god! <laughs> I was just talking to Keith about this on the phone earlier today. I didn't know this was gonna fucking come up, but I literally saw Keith. Keith's like, "Hey, you want to do this show?" And I'm like, "Sure." It's like in a month, right? He's like, "Yeah." Then it got rescheduled last minute. It's like, "Hey, it's this Friday," and I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> He's like, "Are you available?" I'm like, "I am actually." And then so yeah. we did this show, and it was fucking. The hardest fucking sell. No one was there for comedy, and right. um, I was supposed to do fifteen minutes. I, I I told Keith, give me a five minute light, so I knew I was at ten. And I was like, okay, I don't give a fuck. I'm getting off stage. Like, <laughs> like, like at, at like eleven thirty, eleven thirty eight, something like that. Keith goes yeah. on stage, and like, I I go outside and make a phone call, call my wife, and Keith. I could see him through the glass. He's smiling, and it looks like he's killing it. I was like, oh, Keith yeah. is killing it right here. And I walked back in after like a 20 minute phone call. Keith still had a big old smile on his face and he was not killing it. And <laughs> he was just hate fucking the crowd. And he was telling and he was fucking pissed at me. He's like, you didn't even do your fucking time, man. And I was like, I'm sorry, dude. Fuck this crowd, dude. Seriously. We're getting paid in fucking food. Like I'm a fat fuck. Yeah. I didn't get seconds. Like, you know, I'm just kidding. But I, I'm always pissed off about that because the food was hella good. So I wasn't really tripping. So Keith was right. I didn't do my time. I did fuck up. But it was fucking hysterical because, like, he legitimately hate fucked this crowd for 50 minutes. Oh my God. Yeah. That's... It was like, and he was only supposed to do 30. <laughs> that's the part that was just like, Keith, you told me to light you at 25, and I lit you at 25. I lit you at 35. I lit you at 45. And I'm like, get the fuck off stage. The lights oh, run out of batteries. Oh my God. No, I was just I was just like I think my goal in that show because I don't really remember it, but I think my goal was to get everyone to leave before I left. And they did oh, walk the room. They, they yeah. did not. Yeah. Nobody left. Everybody was just oh, and it was his, who was up before I forgot who was up before us, but they were saying the most deplorable things, and there was kids there in the crowd. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was just like I was just like, dude, like don't oh, talk about man. 
oral where you're making a chick vomit, bro. That's like not okay. <laughs> this is what people are eating. And, you know, I'm a fat guy. You know, so when you yeah. said that, you know, you grew up as fat guy and king and you're, you know, yeah. using the, I'm the Burger King. I'm like, fuck, man, that's fucking hysterical. So King would be his middle name, then asshole. Yeah. Would be a Christian name, you piece of shit. Yeah. I'm just if, Victor, ask King question number five because I think that's a great question. Ooh. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you this one, but then he sent me his questions. I, I had to, like, erase it. I was like, ah, fuck. Yeah, he's, <laughs> okay, Jesus. Was this about uh, the comedy and right? Dude, don't, don't root. Like, you got to uh, yeah. do, do okay. you want me to do it for you? Yeah, you could do it for me, Keith. Do it for me. Okay. You already fucking sucked up the momentum of that fucking okay. built up. I'm just kidding. King, <laughs> this yeah. is a question Victor and I, like, I'm gonna give it to Victor because he 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 wrote okay. it first, but I was thinking it. Okay, there's right. a two part. It's a two parter question. Okay, I'll I'll ask the first part. Victor will ask the second part. Keith, I wasn't sure which one you were talking about. He's like, oh, okay, so you're ready. Mind. Okay, he's fucking yeah. live. Okay, yes, yeah, so I'm ready to go. Okay. He's curious now. He's over question. the question. Go. Just ask him. Will you be and that's our time. <laughs> we all went in different directions. <laughs> you can't oh, leave fuck. a bit. Hit, uh, you can't leave a bit hanging. Yeah. yeah. No, Will this is seriously my... a great yeah. question. No, ask okay, him, no, this is okay. Uh, the two-parter question: uh, How does being a writer affect your comedy, and how does being a comedian affect your writing? Um, I don't. Uh, honestly, it's just confidence like that's that's kind of like where it plays in because i what people don't realize what i'm sure you guys do is that uh stand-up is its own it's its own thing people are like oh you're so funny you should do comedy that's not what that's not how com that's not how stand-up works like exactly you being funny with your friends does not make you that has nothing to do with your ability to be a good stand-up and so well like, uh, for me for me, it really is a discipline. Like stand-up comedy is a discipline, writing is a discipline, and knowing that I am good in one helps me. Like, try, like you know, like it gives me the the momentum to be good in the other. Right. And so, like that's like the confidence of it. It's like I like I know I'm a good stand-up now. And so, like when you know when I'm trying to apply for for comedy. Um, uh, for comedy writing gigs and they see my tape and they're like, oh yeah, he's funny. Like, like we don't know if he's like quick or witty or how good his structure is, but we know that he knows where jokes are. Sure. So yeah. So like, I feel confident in, uh, in that. And, and then going on stage, Hey, coming on stage, this guy's a writer for this show. And everyone's like, Oh, like, you know, like, it's just like, it's just confident based, but I, I believe that they're two very separate entities. And so um, when when people introduce you like that as a writer, because I, it is a, it is a legit credit and it's a real credit. But does it throw you off absolutely. as a stand up? The uh, the first time. Um, so the, so my, my credits are last man standing uh, with Tim Allen, which and we got to talk about. Yeah. Uh, uh, pivoting. Pivoting, uh, which was uh, three uh, uh, three woman lead, so funny. It does definitely deserves more seasons. Uh, and then the one I currently write for now, or pending strike, is uh, that '90s show uh, on Netflix. So those are so so when I the crowd that I've always done comedy for has never been the first two shows. 
So they'd be like, come into the stage, last man standing. People like, last man standing? Oh, I'm thinking of last man on earth. Like, so like there was like a, li- a little bit of that, you know? Right. But I remember, <laughs> but I remember <laughs> like, but you know, like the last man standing crowd, they're, they're a little older. Like, you know, like my, like Tim Allen's, like my, our generation isn't currently watching Tim, Al- uh, Tim, Tim Allen, like he caters to like, like more people. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah and so, Right. And so that's where our generation kind of knows Tim Allen from. But like for for um, the people who were watching that show, they were a little older and I really wasn't performing for them. So I got no heat from that. Right. But the first time I got brought on the stage for that 90s show, I could feel the energy from the crowd. I was like, oh, no, I got to. I gotta make this is not the time to bomb. <laughs> yeah, this is not the time to pull Keith Razor. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You gotta be funny up there. Or what, what, exactly. your, what, did, your, what did your naysayer say, Keith? You're, you gotta be funny up there. You gotta be funny. <laughs> what the fuck was it? Jesus. Cause that's the fucking yeah. worst. No, because sometimes people come up to you and just like, hey, my mom died this week and I've been thinking about killing myself all week and you really got me out of that jam. I didn't think about killing myself for how long were you on stage? Five minutes. I was like, uh, I was on stage for twenty, but thanks for yeah. Oh, that's fucking wow. That feels fucking great. So I don't, I don't know. It's just like the, the whole opposite. Though I don't know because I felt very fucking. I was at my lowest because my brother was in the ICU and I hadn't done comedy oh, for like twelve days. And for me, that's a so, long. This is pre-pandemic days, by the way. Yeah. Sometimes I'll meet a comic. I'm like, how long you been doing comedy? Like, oh, two and a half years. I'm like, oh, so you're pandemic pussy. Yeah, uh, and like, fighting words. Oh no, no, dude! Again, I'm six. I'm six foot two, but I don't look like I'm six foot two because I'm six foot two by six foot two. So it's just like people don't believe it. They're like, you're not six foot two, and I stand right next to them. Like, holy yeah. fuck! Uh, you're yeah. a fucking big. No, that's why people don't believe I'm Mexican. They think I'm Hawaiian or Samoan. Or oh, because you're so Hawaiian. tall. Yeah, yeah, tall and broad shoulders. Like, hey, yeah. I don't look like one of these Mexican men. <laughs> I could go oh. out there, man, like, you know, I do this shit, man. You know, I don't do that shit, though. I mean, unless I'm making fun of Michael Caine dealer. But, uh... so, so, King, so back to Last Man Standing, because I actually, yeah. this is a question I had. I'm sure you get questions a lot about Tim Allen and Jay Leno, but uh, I was wondering, what was it like writing for Jonathan Adams? Because I felt he was the funniest one on that show. Because he was so sidekicky, and not a lot of people know who he is. I think that he is probably one of the most talented people I've ever written for. Yeah, like he is. I mean, like most of the people I uh, most of the people I've written for are are comedians and comics, and so it's easy to um, it's easy to write in their voice because they have such a long history of knowing exactly how that voice makes someone. Uh, how what the audience is expecting from that voice? Yeah, but when no, but when that, you yeah. yeah yeah, but when you write for jo- uh, Jonathan Majors, I'm uh, not Jonathan Majors, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Adam, like Adam. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Let's not talk about Jonathan Majors. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about Jonathan Adams. Yeah, when you talk about Jonathan Adams, like he has he has the task of making. Of, of making our words funny like you yeah. know because it, it it's reversed because 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 with with uh tim allen you know like you know his delivery and you can write to that and so we're making him funny like you you, you know what i mean like we're, we're saying things in a way that we know it's gonna work but with with jonathan we're saying it and we hope it works and he has to do the work 
because he has like an like his voice isn't like people don't know him of exactly that, that exactly. was the point of the question because people don't really know who he is yeah and writing for him it you know because I'm actually being very serious. I thought he was the best thing on that show. And I interviewed him and I was just like, dude, this guy has so much charisma and comic timing and he's so talented. And I was just like, wow. You know what I mean? The last season, the last season of Last Been Sending, I can't remember what episode, but there's an episode where he does a Shakespearean monologue. And it's it's real jokey, and then the lights go out, and he just goes into it, and it's so special. Like yeah. it is like it's such a special moment. Like he's so talented. Like he's yeah, like big fan of him. But yeah, and uh, so like I agree with you because like here's the thing like with me where like you know when I when I wrote for Norm and stuff, and uh, not to pat myself on the back, I probably was the worst writer on the show like and i've told victor this but i was the best writer writing for norm because you know i toured with norm i know i knew he liked certain bad jokes and i knew he he, that's what he wanted so that's why i survived but like actually writing i was terrible i was like "Eh." um dude I got it. You inspired me. I don't know if you saw me like change demeanor. I'm like in fucking typing mode. I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, dude, what's the difference between your writing voice in the writer's room versus your comedic voice on stage? Oof. Um, see, so uh, my the writing voice in the room. Uh, I'm not trying my, to grill like, you. I'm just trying to. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. These are great questions. Like, have you ever I, been asked these great questions on a podcast? No, I haven't. This is this, oh, this, so this. I'm glad I forced you to do this. <laughs> wait, wait, we're talking to my boy King or me? I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I, I, no, 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 no. Because I, I looked you up. I was just like, yeah, I know this dude. I know this dude. Yeah. I don't know this dude, but I know this dude. I yeah, know this dude. yeah, I know this dude. You're just a cuddly teddy. I would have never believed the fat thing unless you said oh, it. I would have never. Huge, big old titties. Yeah, um, me too, bro. We should have parted. Um, <laughs> just signed up with the under. Uh, no, anti-perspirant. Anti-perspirant. Yeah. And his ass will yes. come at you. You know, there's metal and aluminum in that shit. I was like, I need aluminum for this shit. I need just, it. Fuck just your like, this is a PSA to everybody. Uh, aluminum. Everybody. Yes, exactly. Real deodorant does not cause all, uh, Alzheimer's. It just doesn't. It's oh, been it doesn't? debunked. No, uh, it doesn't. Just... It's like just <laughs> use real use the real just stuff. Just cancer. Just yeah, cancer. exactly. Just just, just, the, just you know just straight to the point. Just you know yeah. finito. You like yeah like when egg whites aren't better for you than regular eggs. Like that's not how the body digests food. Just Thank eat you. the whole egg. Thank don't pay more for less. Like okay. Th- th- you th- know th- you th- know th- a lot about that stuff though, don't you? Because because uh, yeah. I've, I've no heard... he used to be a fat guy and he's 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 handsome and charming as fuck. But you <laughs> well, can't no, fake I mean... that. You no, can't, you know what's a good question? What do you eat? What's a good breakfast? What's a good health? No, Victor, breakfast? because the thing I was saying that's is a because, good question. No, that's a Don't terrible question. I, I was going. <laughs> I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about his, Like, how did you like wake up and say, "Hey, I gotta go," like because you know, like the whole egg white thing. Like, I was already, I already assumed egg whites were healthier than eggs. So, how no. did you like figure that out? So I did. I did. Um, so. I, I, th- there was a cheat code for me losing the weight. Uh, I grew five inches in the summer. And so uh, all of a sudden what? I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was 
uh, I was five, I was like five, six, 155 pounds. And then by the end of the summer, I was six feet, 155 pounds. And all of a sudden, like people started noticing me and they started caring about what I had to say. And then I was like, oh, like people are fat phobic or like they, they, yes. they, they just don't like big, they just don't like people who are overweight. They don't. And so, yeah, and it, and it sucked, but, like, I was like, okay, I'm not there now. So now, all of a sudden, like, I started to, like, really care about, like, what I put into my body because I was like, I can never go back to pre Like, I was I, – <laughs> I, they almost broke me, I'm telling you right now. And so, like, I was like, I'm never going back. And so, like, it being physically fit became, like, a lifestyle for me. And yeah. then – and it wasn't – and honestly, being physically fit was one thing. Um, and it wasn't until I was 25 where I realized there was a difference between being physically fit and being like healthy. Yeah. Cause yeah. I knew all about, I knew all about what workouts and how like calories and like in all that other stuff, but like the stuff that I was like eating and the way that I was treating my body and like the sleep that I was getting, like all of that stuff. And so like, I've been on like a lifelong journey of just being the best version of myself because this is, this is all I got. Yeah. Um, and see, people don't don't realize that because there is a difference between being physically fit and then being healthy. You could be right. you could be huge, but still be healthy because the body. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I'm I'm a pretty chubby dude, but I I I like to consider myself very healthy because I don't eat sugar. I eat a lot of fast food, but I eat healthy fast food. Like you know, I mean, it's not healthy, but healthy it's, fast right, food, right. Keith. Yeah, that but, is a paradox. <laughs> paradoxical statement if no, I but like if myself. i go to if i go to mcdonald's i would get a uh mcchicken sandwich wrapped you know what the I mean? only problem is what's worse than sugar is <laughs> processed oils yeah i say i don't Holy want processed shit. oils i forgot you were to right what's well, your feelings the, on avocado chicken. oil yeah but no, i was making a bad joke all, yeah it's all deep fried it's all like like the it's the the oils the oils take years to get out of your system, like huh. years, if ever. Like the oils, like the, the 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 palm oils and the sunflower seed oils and the the canola. Canola is not a real thing. Right. There's no such thing as a canola. Uh, but the canola oil, like it's. Uh, that, yeah. That's why I have them cooking in coconut oil. I I forgot to tell you that. Oh, oh yeah, you yeah, asked okay. the, you asked for the coconut oil cooked, uh, deep fried. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I got the secret secret menu. Yeah. Wait, wait, where the hell was that at? <laughs> in your I was imagination. giving him the wink. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 they don't have special fucking coconut oil for Keith. No, no the, the they, point oh, is that's, that was bullshit. Hold on. The point yeah. is, I feel like I'm healthy because I make healthy choice, healthier choices than Keith, normal. You, are, you feel healthy because you have fat, but. Fuck, fat fuck friends like me that are way fatter than you that make you feel like way skinny in comparison. That was what makes you feel like you're superior. So, but no, no not at all. I didn't mean. No. I, I apologize. You took it that way, <laughs> Keith. I apologize for busting your balls and you taking it to value. I apologize. No, I'm just I'm okay. no, no. To I'm over your here. question, yeah. To answer your question, my the 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 best thing I can tell any like writer is to not have a writing voice. Each character pulls out their own voice and you want to make each character so authentically them that people can't find you in the pages. Yeah. And so, but, and then like when I get to be on stage, that's when, that's when I get to slow things down and introduce 
introduce myself because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the joke is about. People are buying me. And so um, I think those are the two differences because you asked the difference between my writing voice uh, and, and my stand-up Yeah, voice. absolutely. No, no, and so, yeah. that's a great answer because it's like you can't, yeah. get too, you can't get too caught up in one. Right, exactly. You know, so as, as a writer, because you're going to have all these characters that you have to portray, and I'm just like, holy Ex- shit. This yeah, because fucking this is gospel. I'm like, Keith, yeah. let me ask the two last questions I have. I have two more questions. And if you have two more, so yeah, King, give us the four questions. We okay, want to respect your time. All right, yeah. well, we've got to cut one of the questions to come up with two more because rules of three. So it's got to be a multiple. Of three, so it's gotta be, I'm just kidding. Anyway, or you can um, add two more and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was. That was my first. <laughs> that was my first alternative rather than cutting one. But yeah. at any rate, um, this is a really important question to have as a amateur writer. Uh, what, uh, when you look at a script, what is the most important thing that needs to be on page one? Um, I would say you better know who the script is about and who that person is by page like if you if you're if you're on page two and like your main character hasn't said a word or you haven't given your main character an attitude or an archetype yet then then you really have nothing to hold on to yeah and so yeah yeah that's that's the answer to that i actually 100 percent agree with that because uh king i don't know if i told you this but i take screenwriting and oh uh, my goodness yeah at, at my school, like he stop take... bragging. No, stop no, bragging. Dude, there's a point that. to this brag. Okay, <laughs> so, okay so, sorry. I'll shut up. So my my screenwriting teacher, he kind of lets me assist to teach because I take it. I've taken it forever, and I'm the best writer there. You know what I mean? So, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. so how we teach is like we we read these scripts and we format and stuff, and then so like they so this one lady, uh, I'll just say her name. Uh, her name's Amy very nice lady and she wrote uh you know she's she's like a in class two so she only could submit 10 pages a week and she wrote 10 pages of no dialogue just story and uh she was like she was like so what do you guys think and i was like well i uh i couldn't relate to any of your fucking characters Yeah. So and I was like, story wise, I was not hooked on page one of this fucking yeah. spaceship in outer Mars or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man, so, that I, I agree. It has to have a. It has to because I think if you start off strong, regardless how your script's going, it's still gonna go in that same tone. You know what I mean? Yeah, and honestly, like I kind of equate that to like stand up if. I mean, we, we know that like our opening joke is so important yeah. and that if we don't, if we don't put a lot of energy into that first joke and letting the audience know who we are and what they're in for, it's going to be a hard 15 to 20 to 50 minutes. So, um, yeah, like, uh, and it, like me, I've been doing it so long, it feels intuitive and like to, to have the question and realize that, that, that people don't necessarily automatically know that like a mud. That is a great question. <laughs> that is a great question. Yeah, it's a hidden question too that that I don't feel a lot of writers would would ask. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, one hundred percent. Like that is a great. That's a great question. 
So, exactly. Victor, you have a gold star on a great question yeah. for the King. He shut the fuck up. He said that I was the greatest fucking question asker <laughs> of all time without even saying it. He said it with his bravado. Okay. I mean, Keith is a very, very great friend of mine. I love busting his balls. He sometimes well, he said that, but then when I ask him this question, he's going to fucking take that oh. compliment away. I'm not. Because I, have to, I have to say this question and come up with another question so we can do the rules of three. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. okay. So this is the last pre written question I had. Um, For Victor. And, is, uh, and I have two questions. So. Okay. So the, best, so the best piece of advice that I've ever gotten from a professional writer. Um, is that the number one thing that um, every single failed writer has in common is that they all have a bunch of great ideas and a bunch of scripts, but they never finish even one fucking script or one project. And so you need to finish your script, even if your third act is weak or it sucks, it could always be rewritten. You're going to re you're going to revise it. You're going to do all this stuff. So What's the best? And so that really helped me out a lot. In addition to like reading some books, the the writer's workbook by the lady, she was a writer on Everybody Loves Raymond. And that really like I was like, oh, shit, it's all about dialogue. And, yeah, you know, like making these characters jump off the, the state, uh, jump off the page. page yeah. So um, my question to you is what's the best piece of advice you've gotten as a writer? Oh, wow. Um um that like maybe like change the way you write and the way or maybe you perceive characters or maybe like anything like that just jumps at you like that you're just like if you want to make it in this business this is what you have to do as a writer stop you know because like the best piece another number two would be hey yeah this is a great script this is awesome but what else are you working on you just can't show up to a pitch meeting with just one fucking great idea right. a bunch of great ideas so that was the second piece of advice I'll name the source the, on that one. That was Keith Razor right here. He told me that one. Is he, he's the, so like, oh, you think you're hot shit because you finished this thing? You think you're hot yeah. shit? Well, what else you got? What else? No, no. Keith oh, no, definitely. Thing. Yeah, that's actually true. If if you pitch something. You did tell. No, no. If, they, if you pitch something and they say, oh, that's good, they're always going to ask, what else you got? The best advice I think I've ever gotten was that I am not smarter than my audience. And so, and that did two things for me. That taught me because um, for young writers, there's a lot of exposition. The, the, the audience won't get it. I have to say it. I have to expel it out. And as, as an audience member, we, we hate that. We cannot stand when somebody like, like, oh, well, the reason why I'm doing this is because like we, when we get talked down, it's almost like the writer is talking down to us. When, you know, and, it, and like it loses its pacing. So I'm not smarter than the audience. So it does that for me. It makes me not be so expositional. And when my audience is giving me feedback and I have to defend my the, the choices I made more than... To, so if I give each of you guys the same script and you guys and, you, and, uh, and Keith, you're like, you give me a note you give me a note and I'm just like, oh, well, the reason why I did it this way is because X, Y, Z, you know, and, and, and I defend you're like, okay, well, I mean, I didn't see it that way, but like, I, you know, like you seem real passionate about it. And then right. Victor, you read it and you give me the same note. It doesn't matter what I'm trying to accomplish. If my audience doesn't get it, then I'm doing it wrong. I, I'm just not, I'm just not, uh, uh, 
as I'm not being as clear or I'm not being as brilliant as I think I can because it's like my audience isn't receiving it. So right. like, you know, like people, people write things to jack off to. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like if you're making something for your audience, then let your audience tell you that like that, that this is what they want. And so yeah. like those, yeah. Don't be, don't, yeah. Your audience is not, you're, you're not smarter than your audience. That, that was is, like, that was, changed a lot of my writing style. Too humble. That's actually too very humble. good. Too humble. Yeah. Too humble. That's, that's really good because like, I don't know, sometimes like people are like, yeah, and I'm going to change the, and it's like, you can't, you yeah. Can't get your foot in the door, shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, always defend. Anytime someone gives you a note, defend it publicly but then go back and be like okay well you know like they did have a problem with that like and so, <laughs> yeah yeah that's why, why i have the questions that i have i'm like all right dude all right just you have very limited time make sure it's all yeah. worth it because like yeah. the truth is it's helping out not just me but everyone that listens because like really like was uh, there's so much stuff that has it's so interconnected with the whole entertainment business and just so yeah. the fact that you're not a white guy that we're interviewing yeah. <laughs> And I don't give a fuck how, like, I made you laugh, so I don't give a fuck about everyone. I'm just kidding. I give a fuck. I hope everyone else laughs, too. But, I mean, the truth is, it's just like, you know, like, you know, breaking through in this industry at the level that you're breaking through at is just really amazing and it's just really uplifting. It's like a great story. Like, you know, the fact that you're not in front of, like, like on the cover page of, like, L.A. Times, like, you know, making a difference, making waves in Hollywood. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, like. Yeah, it's like, we, we just, we just got to keep doing the work. I'm just killing. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm a fat guy. I'm never going back. Yeah, no, good. No, no, no. That whole practice. And you answer it like, just don't. Just, that's, yeah. actually, <laughs> that's actually great advice, though, because, like, I it do is. know, like, uh, my screenwriting teacher wrote this one movie, and that's the only thing he's ever written, and it was called Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds. So, like, whenever he teaches, he's like, and then when I sold just friends, like he's bragging, you know what I mean? Wait, like yeah. the, the story about the guy who used to be a fat ass and then he lost hella weight and looked hella good and he got the chick he couldn't get when he was a fat guy? That script? Yes. So he, he'd say, oh, okay. wait a second. So, so he, he said, oh, wait, hold up a second. Hey, Victor, I think I, I should just, be getting paid for that script. I the question. I got to respect King's time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, he would say, he would say, like, when I sold just friends, uh, you know, you have to take it to all these, you know, pitches and stuff. And the first person to read it is always a guy named Mo. And he's like, because they, they're very, you know, they, they're the ones who pass it to the producers and all that stuff. And they're morons. So you have to really write it <laughs> to the point where they want to read you know what I mean? But he's not, he's not wrong. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Like 100%. I take back my comment. So, so that's why it, that's actually awesome. So my, my, I want to respect your time, but I do have two quick questions. Uh, question yeah, number yeah. one, uh, because I truly feel someday you're going to have a show where you actually create it. Like it's going to be your show. And that's I wanted cool. to, yeah. And I wanted to ask you like, Oh, what's, what's like, you know, regardless of the, of the strike or whatever, what is the thing that fears you about that? Like, what what is your biggest fear to get to accomplish that? Getting it too early. Okay. The worst thing that could ever happen to any one of us is that we break early. Okay. Like, imagine if you would have, like, how long have you been doing comedy, Keith? Uh, 
well, pandemic, let's say 20 without pandemic, 18. So let's say somebody <laughs> saw like one of your bits uh, like two and a half years in and then put you on, put you on. That yeah. would have been like literally the worst thing for your career. In the pandemic like, stage, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I mean, like, every day, like I remember like, you know, like because I came down here to be an actor. And I, I thought like, oh, I'm gonna outwork everybody. And the students, like, you know, like, like two months in, I should have a, like a good movie role, like, you know, like be a series regular. And it was just like every day that I didn't make it, like in this industry, I got that much better at my craft. Right. And I, I have such a romanticized relationship with television. Uh, my my dad is very Nigerian. Like I grew up like very Eastern. So like everything I know about being a good father, a good friend, like part of like uh, like this society and like how we just interact, I learned from TV. I learned from Everybody Loves Raymond, King of Queens. Like I love Lucy. Like I I just like I learned how to be like a person by through television. So like the idea that like I have the ability to like do that for the next generation or the current generation, like I get to go into people's homes and tell them my thoughts. Like it's something that I, I don't, I don't take lightly. So ask ask your question again. Uh, when you get your own uh, series right, that right. you created, you right, know, right. like what's your biggest fear when, when you get it or before you get it? So the, the thing that I'm afraid of is like, I don't want to skip any steps. Like right now I'm an executive story editor, like then it's co-producer, producer, like, and so, but each room I get to be in, I get to watch my showrunner. I get to watch my showrunner do things different than the last one. And I get to pull the things that I like and like build my own war chest of characteristics and uh, strategies and tactics that I want to do. Cause when it's my turn to tell my story or one of, one of many of my stories, like I want to make sure that like it stays on the air and that people respond to it the way that that I want them to, because I've been watching the like the big dog, all the big dogs like that I've had like do it do it right or do it wrong. Like I want to take everything from every lesson. So yeah, I don't I don't want to I don't want to skip any steps. Uh -huh. So that's like my biggest fear is that somebody will see me like, hey, we don't have enough black showrunners, so I'm going to pick you and we're just going to give you a show. That is that's bad that's bad for me that's bad for the people who are going to be looking up for me because i'm going to be the one guy who had that one failed show because i got it too early and i wasn't prepared for it so or or i'll be the black guy who has that show that's not good but they're keeping on the air because they don't want to fire the black you know what i mean like yeah. so like i want to make sure that when it's my turn to tell my story that i am ready for the moment so i'm doing the work yeah Excellent. And then my last question for you is if, and this is a big if, because, uh, you know, I'm not a hot star, but if I ever have my own sitcom, uh, will you be my showrunner? Absolutely. Excellent. I would love to show like one of your stories. Absolutely. Yeah, excellent. So, I would be like, I want King Hassan. You know why? And they'd because be like, his, who? 
Yeah, I'll be like, oh, you probably know I'm under Burger King, but yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Keith. I want him. <laughs> he heard that joke live, so it's okay for him. Wait, <laughs> he wait. heard that joke live six it's, times. It's not so. okay. He's immortalizing it. Like, <laughs> no, um, I would have never guessed. You got great, great jaw definition. I, I, I mean, Keith, you got re- to release the, the video. Oh, Twenty years in the making. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. with a DM. So, I'm not so, yeah. talk. All right, so King, the final question I have <laughs> is uh, where can the folks at home follow and support you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not really good on Twitter, um, but it's like a day, love, A-D-E-L-O-V-E. A day is what I used to go by uh, with my middle name uh, that, that I went by. Um, we'll save so, that for part two. Yes. Yeah. And then, um, and then on Instagram, that's where I do most of my, my work, but it's, uh king hassan underscore o oh. so well yeah. king thank you so much for taking time to rift with us and uh it was really good to to have you laugh and really talk to you pal so thank you oh, yeah, a lot no. to me. yeah this was great thank you thank you guys for having me i'd love to do this again sometime anytime when I have credits under my belt <laughs> even if you king. don't have credits anytime you're, you're my brother now oh I and I that. don't mean that because you're my black. black right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ, <laughs> Oh, my God. Why is he trying to get canceled from his own podcast? No, no. I'm just saying, King, you're my boy. <laughs> oh, you better be careful how you say that. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love you, go. King. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have a great day, buddy. And that was the interview with King Hassan, guys. Subscribe, Ray Review. And, and uh, as always, he left before... We could say recording has stopped. But... <laughs> that was great. That was so fun. All right. Uh, Victor, where can the folks at home follow and support you? Uh, go to HispanicTitanic.com, Puro Papi Pacheco on all social media. Um, yeah, come through. Check me out. Um, check out my channel on YouTube, you know, Victor Pacheco. Um, whatever. At any rate, um, I've got a bunch of great interviews, uh, including with a great Keith Razor, uh, he was my. Uh, you gotta ask team. King to do your podcast. I'll ask King to do. He'll do it. I hope so. He was he was cool. He was very nice, very yeah. very cool. Like and also though very forthcoming with a lot of questions. We've had a lot of writing questions. Yeah, so you were great. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that, man. Like it was just it was fun though. It was it was like I didn't know him, but it felt like I knew him. Yeah, that's what I really like about him. It's like he has a very kind spirit, and I like that. You can't fake that shit. You know, it's just just so fucking, and it's not shit, but I mean, like, you can't fake that type of attitude. And, like, you know, I I don't know. It was was like, I would have never known he was fat, but you saw his act, or you said that you saw his act, and that he was talking about being fat on stage. And so, like, being fat on stage is just like, you know, yeah. Sometimes it's not believable. And like with him, I'm like, dude, he's so chiseled. And it's just like, I can't, like, he has a fucking jawline. I never believe he's a fat guy. Yeah. But between you, but between you and me, I don't think he ever was fat. No, All he right, was guys. fat. Guys, welcome to the show. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you guys next week. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee. Right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, 
terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash Keith And on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.